Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Eleven. Well... You know, it's a palindrome. <laughs> that's um, the exact response. Just silence. And then, well, that's an 11. <laughs> it is probably the least impressive number. Yeah. That could be a, a save number, you know? like Sure. It's not a, like, for sure you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is a hard maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're putting in the reviews. Um <laughs> This is our new review campaign. Just <laughs> just give us a hard maybe on iTunes. <laughs> hey, if you could all uh, like, comment, subscribe, and give us one of those hard maybes in the reviews. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Okay. Well, let's get back to this party over here in Jackal's room. Oh, hey, Rainier's joining us. Oh, hey. <laughs> I had written like, oh, Rainier is joined the party. Da, 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 da. And then she goes on to not join the party. <laughs> just like, what she just was stopping in for a quick hey. Yeah. Real fast. Listen, everything is going down, babe. Thank you so much for the work you're doing here. Um, but also, very importantly, Commodore is right outside and he is breaking through this barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a problem, I would say, just generally. It's yeah. definitely not my favorite. It's definitely disconcerting when, like, the most powerful magic wielders you know are yeah. are putting up this thing. And he is literally just tearing into it with his bare finger bones. Yeah. Just, he's acting yeah. like the, this is a b- giant bag of popcorn he's just going to bust into. He's like, just, I demand right. to be let into this paper. party. Wet toilet paper. It. Toilet Ugh. paper, tissue paper, bag of chips. <laughs> None of these can stop the Commodore. <laughs> They've thrown all of them at him. <laughs> they're just hurling things off the balcony at him. He will not be stopped. Oh, no. Their entire plan was just their shopping list. There's oh, the problem. <laughs> oh, damn it. You know what happened? I left the other one on the desk back in my room. I'll be right back, everybody. But good news. All 5,000 good castle knights are here. Oh, my goodness. To back up our boys. <laughs> Fitz's reaction to that. <laughs> Because I'm thinking, like, wow, that's a number. That's, yeah, that's a good, a yeah. Good, and he's kind of always like, is everyone else feeling like really good about this suddenly? Like, <laughs> like maybe we're right. just going to be okay. I think it's hilarious that they have 5,000 knights, which who admittedly, I guess, were spread out. Like, they were not all in Good Castle. Yeah. Some of them were kind of in Good Castle in this floating city, and I guess we're not leaving very often, but that everybody basically in Nua thought that they were fake. Yeah. <laughs> there were 5,000 of them, and everyone was like, oh, a Good Castle? No, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> Again, it harkens back to kind of the whole um, University of Phoenix, mm-hmm. or is that what it's called? Or yes. um, now, very, very timely with the whole March Madness, this University of Gonzaga. <laughs> Has anyone else heard about this? It's this I place that they're like, it doesn't exist. No one's yeah. ever heard of it before, but there's a basketball team that is killing it. Oh, my god! And they're like, Gonzaga? Like, what is it? So it always seems like that, like... These that 5, is good castle, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, everyone should know. But, like, it should be widespread enough that everyone's, like, aware of it. Of but is it real? But really? <laughs> but also? So, yeah. I love the idea that good castle, there's a couple ways we can take this now. Um, The fact that it's this presumably floating kingdom. So either enough people know of it 
But also sometimes maybe people just think like they see it, but then it floats away before somebody else does. So it's also this Mm -hmm. like enigma. It's almost like a UFO (laughs) here in in Nua. (laughs) But then there's also all these people who are claiming to be knights of this place spread all around. So like in one kingdom, one other kingdom, one other town, you might have like two or three people who think that they're a knight of good castle. So then, but then when you combine all of them together, it's like, oh, we're 5,000 strong. We're just very spread out. And most people don't believe we even exist. (laughs) So basically, Good Castle is like a small fandom that, you, yeah. you know, like you just don't know Aww. about it because you haven't crossed over with there it. There you go. Yeah. Then you get to a convention, you have the exactly. gathering. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, see, now that's sweet. It's very sweet. So essentially, this is their Comic Con. Maybe they'll meet up every year mm-hmm. now over at uh, Hagelmas. Wait, no. Wigan Staff School. <laughs> <laughs> we have been doing this for like three years. It's... <laughs> Listen, I'm a I'm I'm a proud student here. I'm definitely paying attention. Say, we are juniors in the school now. We still don't know what it's called. No idea. <laughs> this is the new good castle. Oh yeah. We're gonna be very surprised when our diploma does not say Wigglemas on it. Be like, wait a minute, where was I going to school? Wigglemas Higginstaff, uh School of Magic. You like look at the paper, lean back to try to see the the sign on the school. What? Oh shit. <laughs> Did it always say that? It does say Wig and Staff. <laughs> so everybody, though, from Good Castle is having their convention, again, back at camp where our boys had been. And um, luckily, we still have Leon here, who is still a bird, will not be soon. <laughs> Just yeah, do us yeah. one more favor, friend, and please go rally the troops and have them be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've still got time to tie that up. And, and in the Certainly. meantime, he gets to be plot relevant as a bird, which Hell is yeah. which is always nice, you know? Leon, look at you go. Who is making him not a bird? It's it's wi- <laughs> Higglemas, right? I feel like, yeah, Higglemas turned him into a bird to protect him. Okay. I just want to make sure yeah. the person that's supposed to turn him back is not the one walking backwards into hell. Mm. And so, like, they will be around. It's not like, yeah, we got your friend. <laughs> no, you will be easy. non-birded soon. <laughs> LOL, JK. <laughs> Assuming I don't get killed in hell. Okay, exactly. we'll see you later. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for sending that message. I Enjoy am guessing... Mouse. <laughs> I am guessing Hagelmas could do it and potentially Fitzroy. I'm not sure exactly, though. Mm-hmm. Fitzroy with all these beautiful powers. But the most powerful magical person here is Festo, which Fearbolg needs to talk to them regarding this time hopping that mm-hmm. he has experienced. Okay, so this whole part, mm-hmm. the way Festo is really pushing that time magic manipulation can't happen. Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, no, you're just tripping. This is drugs. <laughs> And he's talking, like, of course, Travis is a DM talking as Festo. And it brings about the whole idea of, like, how much can you trust the DM? Ah. How much can you trust this teacher? Like, how much is the DM trying to mislead you in... It's just very layered. And my only nervousness is that there might not be that bigger payoff later. And actually, I think we will talk about this a little bit more actually later this episode. But I feel like that part really made me take pause because I feel like we are building something big. And the way it was handled right here was really interesting. And you have a fairly trustworthy character being like, no, like Mm. time magic manipulation can't happen. And then gets pushed the character 
played by the DM gets pushed into saying, well, that would be really terrible. Like that, if that is true, Hmm. that means things are really, really broken. And so all of, all this is to say, I don't know, I found it interesting how how that all played out. And I don't know if I'm making any sense. Maybe my time <laughs> magic manipulation is happening to me and I'm talking to you from the past and the future at the same time. At the same time. At the same time. <laughs> I think what I'm getting from what you're saying, and I think the way that I took it was uh, Travis speaking through Festo in a way to reaffirm that time fuckery doesn't happen in normal magic on Nua. Yeah. Only to suggest that this is a much bigger deal than even any of them were initially expecting. Okay. And to then ramp, ramp up what you kind of uh, alluded to, which is what they talk about later. Mm-hmm. With yeah, chaos. I mean, that, that's a difficult like line to walk i think any any time you have you know something that's a a plot point that you have planned or one that you start forming because the players were going in a direction and then you sort of wind up integrating it that you have this um this balance that you have to maintain between they are asking the character and you have to respond right. the way the character would respond rather than right. like, you know, because on some level you are kind of like the person in character in an escape room who, you know, like if you ask them questions, they maybe need to lead you in the right direction, but they yeah. also need to do it in a way that's in character. And mm-hmm. That is really difficult, right? Like if you're trying to find, um, like, how do you narratively justify someone's answer in that universe while acknowledging that you have knowledge outside of it, you know? Um, Right. That's that is that is probably the the hardest part of any kind of tabletop storytelling, I would argue. Absolutely. And yeah, it's always going to be that thin line of this is what the character knows. This is what I need you as a player to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can continue this story along without selling you exactly what's happening. Right. DMing ain't easy. Much like <laughs> pimping, y'all. That's right. I'm going to make you a shirt that says that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's it's also a question of like, so Festo in this situation doesn't have a solid answer and doesn't have like, you know, this this force of the DM's power behind right. their choices. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. the Commodore is now like juiced up with chaos magic, right? Which I mean, I think definitely has um, a little bit to do with kind of needing that character to be more powerful. I mean, because if he was just this guy, like, I mean, they that this would be over, in, right. you know, in 30 seconds. Right. So we have to find some way to make that function and this is an interesting way to take it of you know Fitz has turned down this chaos magic and now Commodore is all hopped up and you know is now using this against against them completely juiced on it yeah the the hot new energy drink chaos magic (laughs) (laughs) yeah getting this explanation does then also help explain why when Argo saw him in his vision it was him tearing the uh the jail cell Mm-hmm. door open whatever which by the way i do wish i was hoping that moment when fear was talking to festo that argo would have mentioned the vision he had too like in case that oh yeah just because mm. commodore seemed to physically regard him in that moment yeah um so i was like oh that's still a little bit mysterious but i guess we can chalk it up to also this whole potentially time fuckery not sure uh yeah. regardless though mm. yes um commodore is completely hulked out yeah yeah it's very um, T. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, yes. The Secret of the Ooze. Yes. <laughs> Super Shredder. Super Shredder. Knock a building You're down right. on this guy. Don't worry. His hand's going to pop right back out. He drank all of it. <laughs> he he just take a little shot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he's got to fight the magic of self-confidence, right? Mm. <laughs> well, that's exactly right, because it's true that now Fitzroy's magic is strong and it's his own. He has more control over it. And even him as a person is able to go, hey, listen, I know I'm supposed to apparently be leading this knight army of Goodcastle. I can't do that. Uh, one, don't even feel like I am a knight of Goodcastle anymore. <laughs> And two, I like to think he's kind of looking back at his lovely friends who he loves so much um, as he's talking to Reg here. But then also, too, he he knows he can't be in control of this many people. Like, it's so cool that all these knights have shown up to help them. He can't mm-hmm. be the one to guide them. And that takes mm-hmm. confidence. That takes knowledge and power and strength to know you're not the one to do this job. Yeah. Talk about a glow up. Ah, uh, Fitzy. Just, uh, you love to see it. You love to see it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really, this is a, a hard turn and an important one in sort of his journey of self-discovery that, that what we learned about sort of his origin story is that he was very defining, very much defining himself by how other people saw him. Yes. And now that there are all of these people here who are like, hey, we're here to see you the way that you always wanted to be seen. Yeah. He's realizing that that person was an illusion the whole time and that he doesn't want to be that person. Yeah. And that's like, you know. That's some big, mature thing to realize. Absolutely. That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. I think it's interesting the way he does it, too, and how it seems to catch Reggie and thus Travis pretty unawares that this is now something like, wait, we're all here for you. And he's like, you can still be here. Yes. And we can still be connected. (laughs) But I'm just not the one. Like, Right. You'll be working with me. As a contractor <laughs> for the Thunderman LLC. Exactly. Yeah. Gosh, that was so funny. <laughs> I love that even in the end game, they're like, okay, no, wait, hang on. We've got to figure out the business details of how this is working. It's very, very on brand with um, the sort of overarching uh, corporate, weirdly corporate theme of this, of like trying to figure out the sort of economical impact of, of all of this information. I, I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. keeping it real. We're still keeping that theme alive, even here in the penultimate episode. Love that. It's important. You've got to pay knights, just like paying artists. Yeah. It is, you know, you have to figure this stuff out. Yes. You have to for know sure. where to send the invoice, make sure it's all even Steven. Everybody, you know, gets paid for their time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Higgs and Festo, those scamps, they were up to something <laughs> as we were all on our way having this little discussion. And... I know one of my friends was like, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> like episode two. <laughs> the Garys are unleashed. Let them fly. Uh, the flight of the Garys. <laughs> I was so expecting. I was so expecting Flight of the Valkyrie to start off. Oh my gosh. It was in my mind, but then it would have drowned out all of the delightful like Gary sound oh, effects. Oh, Gary sounds. Oh my God. I want to hear it. I do want to hear a mashup of it. If someone can do that, that'd be amazing. I got you covered. It's right here. <laughs> beauty the majesty the mm. rise of the garys and you can see them all cool gary oh yeah surprised eyebrow gary <laughs> tiny gary <laughs> oh little tiny pocket gary he's he's riding on the back of another gary holding yes. holding a oh tiny gosh. cocktail sword aloft <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is just the best thing I've ever not quite actually seen, but mm-hmm. seen so clearly in my mind's eye. <laughs> the rush, the sensation. Oof. And Fitz's worry of if we lose one single Gary. <laughs> <laughs> So like, don't worry, you can glue them back together with the magical glue you have. Like you guys, I, are yeah. Sick. I don't know if that was if that was Fitzroy or Griffin, but I choose to believe that it was both, and I support them <laughs> because you know they were speaking for all of us that we must yes, protect the yes. Garys. And again, it shows it. Th- we saw this similar um, sort of attitude with Fitzroy when he was going on his way to see Gordy and meeting up with with Gherkin and Tibia. Yeah. And didn't want to lose either one of them. And and I think that's kind of a, a tell. Like the fact that two skeletons, he was very concerned with their safety. A bunch of stone gargoyles, he's very concerned for their safety. I think <laughs> that that's really sweet. That these things that could easily be seen as less important, if you mm-hmm. know, are not. Are as not material seen as, as yeah. Yeah, yeah, replaceable for sure. Well, and I mean, that's sort of important thematically in in this in this whole arc right because the whole chaos and order kind of viewpoint is that individuals don't matter right that the goals mm-hmm. matter and and if so anything mm-hmm. even even kind of a semi joke about you know we have to protect the garys <laughs> i think that kind of investment in the individuals actually being yeah. relevant even when you're talking about such big numbers um as as have been set forth in this battle uh you know so like i mean they can't really they can't really uh go through and name all of the knights of good castle who are here sure. <laughs> take an extremely sure. long time but but you know <laughs> to still treat them in some way as individuals with value is is an important contrast i think yeah the thing about a leadership position is it means you're looking out for everyone else around you yeah I th- like a true mm-hmm. leadership position right that's what you're doing and we we see that in this next part where they're trying to make sure that they can get to where they need mm-hmm. to go as quickly and as safely as possible. Yeah. So we've got Pass Without a Trace happening. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got, and it starts with Fitz trying to be like, oh, I can cast this on me, but that doesn't do anything for these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I love that he's, it's not just like, well, I can do this, yeah. so I'm just going to do it. It's like, how how does this benefit everyone? How does this make us you know, the most effective team possible. Right. And so we get this pass without a trace and Argo's stealth check <laughs> of 39. Hell yes, Goodness. Argo. God, I wow. love him. I don't even know what that would look like. Like nothing, I he guess. He just disappeared. He's just, He's just, they were just like, wait, the, where the fuck did Argo just it's go? Not, it's not just that you don't see him now. It's that you forget ever having seen him in the past. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Was he even here? Who is Argo? Have we met this man? (laughs) Oh my god, what a role. I did love them all having to take a moment and be like, Jesus Christ, the most impressive role ever in Taz history. Congratulations (laughs) to Clint, to Argo, you are stealth. We make it past the Aaron yeses without without a trace. Oof. Even though Argo is like all dressed up with a giant feather headdress and like flashing glow sticks, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they just don't see him at all. It's almost like you could maybe sense him, but like in a way you think of him fondly. It's like it's it's working <laughs> so hard he in the opposite direction. Part of them. Yeah, they're like they wait. usher him through. Oh my goodness! Oh, sir, right this way. <laughs> oh, please don't let me stop you. Would you like to walk on my coat? And then as they're continuing to go. You cannot fool the old PFT. The pit fiends are back. <laughs> I am glad they're back. I, I feel like I, I feel satisfied by them by them returning, and especially uh, that true sight coming back to oh my gosh. to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> the moment they came through, I was like, oh, these girls are going to see right through it. They know. They kind of smile, laugh, high five each other. Like, you guys again. 
Come on. <laughs> but before they can even do anything, someone draw this thing for me because I still can't put it together. I was going to try to look up fan art of it and then I totally forgot to do so. Because, yeah, this description of the Guardian is truly nutso. Yeah, I'm I, so... Well, I guess basically it's a human centipede, isn't it? I, <laughs> a oh, little dear. bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like centipede lots of legs, but then it's got like weird, unnaturally angled arms. And then I was, I don't know why I assumed it was a baby face when, when he said it was humanoid, <laughs> but I just assumed it was like kind of like a, like a creepy doll face, but with big, bulgy red eyes. I don't, yeah. I, I I did too, and I think it's because I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls lately, and mm. there's a character that kind of is that. Yeah, mm. this is definitely some Dark and, Souls kind of stuff, for sure. Yeah, this is some Dark Souls bullshit, for sure. <laughs> and I, I like the idea that they don't stop mm. <laughs> when they see the Guardian. They go faster. <laughs> it's like, ah, this is not okay. I do imagine, right, like the visual is this whole team running forward, the pit fiends stepping out of nowhere. And then as they do not stop, they keep running for the pit fiends. This thing comes barreling through, knocks the pit yeah. fiends over, casts them aside enough to then continue to let our, our team not even break stride, just continue going. But focus on the Guardian for enough time to be like, I'm sorry, what the hell just happened? I need to keep moving. <laughs> just like this mm-hmm. cursed Thomas the Tank Engine just coming at full speed like, oh my out God. of the forest. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. That's the energy. <laughs> I do want to point out that Festo has confirmed that they and the Guardian have partied. So you have to now also imagine this Dark Souls terrifying visage, like, just partying down. (laughs) Picture this. It's that baby face wearing a fun hat. Also, it's carrying, like, 18 (laughs) cocktails because it's got so many arms. That is true. That's fun. Now now I'm okay with this. It's maybe sitting around, like, the uh, the caterpillar in in Alice in Wonderland. It's got its hookah. It's just kind (laughs) of chilling. Okay. All right, Guardian. Okay. I can get behind this. Also with the hat. <laughs> of course. The hat makes it. The hat does make it. <laughs> and if you were anything like me in this moment, you know, I was really kind of like, all right, are we not going to have to fight anybody? Is it going to be this easy getting to the cavern? <laughs> no. <laughs> Direct from the front lines. You love to hate him. Please welcome to the stage, the Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> Paper wads are being thrown. They bring more stuff from their grocery list. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. He's like evil, evil, evil Flash, basically, at this point, yeah. I guess, was was kind of the vibe we were getting here. Right, because the sound of the jet engine, essentially, he's moving, he just like launched himself at our team and not only is now threatening them, but got between the set of them. So Zorn and Althea ah. and Grey mm-hmm. are going to continue going. Exactly. So, yeah, separating the party. Mm-hmm. Key for the villain. Yes. So, good mm-hmm. job, Commodore. I hate you, but you did. You did what you're supposed to do. <laughs> did the smart thing. You piece uh, of shit. And then the, <laughs> the beautiful visual of the Zorn starts. I, in my head, now he is very um, mole-like. Okay. In that, like mm. he's got like big flipper kind of diggy hands, and just like he's scared. So it's like yeah. ah, and like, like starts ooh. just like adorably digging to <laughs> safety. And Gray is like, oh, cool, peace, and like. <laughs> 
I'm gonna follow this guy. <laughs> Have you seen um, the the one very popular GIF from the IT crowd, which uh, unfortunately I, I can no longer recommend due to its creator being a horrible transphobe? But um, there's Aww. there is a yeah yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah he did he ruined everything. Um, but there is a, a GIF of uh, a guy like just kind of noping out of a meeting just by going straight out the, out window. the window and like out. but it's just completely <laughs> yeah. stiff. And I love the idea of gray like there's this huge <laughs> hole and gray just kind of like throwing up the peace sign and just stiff-legged just jumping into this hole (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's exactly what happens Mm -hmm. and then Althea checking in to be like what do you need me to do and eyes on the prize get demon daddy back to his hellhole so we can get the command of this this demon army that's right hopefully it works Uh, we gotta roll the dice on this guy and that's still kind of an iffy area Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I did appreciate Althea checking because, right, it seems like the most important thing is, of course, get Grey back to hell so we can put a stop to all of this that is happening. But at the same time, mm-hmm. Commodore is not affected by whether or not Grey gets there. So he, regardless, is going to be a powerhouse that is genuinely dangerous for these three boys. But mm-hmm. they know they can handle it. This is their fight. And not only is this their fight, I love... That it is Griffin and Justin who initially have the loudest responses about this guy being like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to destroy this person. I hate this yes. guy. I'm going to yes. kill him. Look at all these slots I have that I'm going to use against this idiot. I yeah. love that. We are all like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is what we want. Him. Yes, please. We we really hate this person. Like, <laughs> oh. we don't know why exactly. Like, I mean, we do know why, but, but know. you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have that. But it, it always is kind of weird when you have that really, like, vehement like yeah reaction to a fictional character yes (laughs) yeah yes it's so so universal so Mm -hmm. visceral like Mm -hmm. they did a great job sweeping us all up into the hype that is for sure yeah and of course i know we all i'm sure loved where first it was very sweet of justin to be like hold on though if anybody is going to kill them it should absolutely be argo Mm -hmm. um and then this little uh scenario that they (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the potential of what might happen to make it the most dramatic how do we make this the most dramatic absolutely mm-hmm. how can we the most dramatic the most romantic uh-huh. let dad mm-hmm. get killed by him <laughs> beautiful beautiful Fitzroy in a rage destroys him absolutely and then the fear ball kills him of course <laughs> Surprise twist. <laughs> no one saw that coming. Oh my god. It's Oh the dream. Just so funny. So we knew that that was a possibility going into this fight, for sure. How <laughs> like they painted it out so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh. Well, and what's so great about all of these boys bringing their A-games is that Commodore is too, but somehow everything he's got keeps being sidestepped by these mm-hmm. boys. Oh, you're, you think you're going right. to try to drown Fitzroy on land? Girl, please. He can breathe water. <laughs> nice try. You just you do not come for the Thunderman with do with not. these storm attacks that he that no, he's no. trying storm adjacent things. It's not going to work. It's he he should have paid attention to the branding. I mean, <laughs> it's right there. But I do like to think that for a moment, because this is how Clint played it too. When it's Argo's turn, he checks. He's like, Fitzroy's good, yeah. So I like to think Argo like looks like he's like, mm-hmm. I believe he can breathe underwater. Okay, yes, he's clearly making faces at the Commodore. So I will just go <laughs> do my thing to try to hit him. Uh, can we also talk about the fact that now uh, two of our characters can breathe underwater? Hell yeah. Which is now making the wedding theme of Under the <gasps> Sea a true possibility. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's going to be so beautiful. I did not know it's where you were going with that. <laughs> the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen. Uh, it's going to be stunning. 
and only certain people can go. Maybe they'll live cast it. I don't know, but they'll figure wow, it out. What they'll a rarity. What a gem. They will. <laughs> They're crafty that way. Whatever they have to do to make this as beautiful and extra and over the top as possible. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And then I feel like Clint is still kind of learning the mechanics of sneak attack and what it is and mm-hmm. the fact that it's not always it's not. And I think people do have uh, a complicated understanding of it, that it's not that they can't see you. Uh-huh. It's that, that they don't know what you're doing. Oh. So with the sneak attack, it's not I never even knew you were there. It's more I'm distracted. And so Trav points out like, no, he's flanked. So you can absolutely use a sneak attack oh. because he's distracted by what's going on over here. So he doesn't see you come at him. He knows you're there, sure. but he doesn't know exactly what's happening. That makes so, sense. Yeah. I mean, I think I thought of it as literal, too. Mm hmm. So, and and I, again, I might be wrong. I'm not a DM, surprise. Um, I just... <laughs> she sure talks like one. D&D. Just play one I on sure can put on the hat, though. <laughs> um, but so now we have Argo using his sling, and I gotta give it to the Commodore. He catches it in probably a pretty sleek move. Mm, and yeah. that's something I always find pretty sexy, is when people just kind of catch things midair, like you think yeah, it's yeah. about to hit them, and then... Like, yeah. good guy, bad guy, I don't care. It's a move. It is a good move, Agreed. Yeah. And then Argo dashes towards him, not away. Yeah, that's the thing about these battles. Like, especially if you are a very visual person, like I am when I'm listening, I like to imagine, you know, you, just how quickly everything's happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. Fitzroy hitting him with the storm, him retaliating immediately with the the water. Um, and then as that's happening, Argo seeing his opportunity to, you know, send the projectile and then dash. And then as that's happening, Fearbulg is now going to call down lightning because it's our whole theme. We love it. So, you know, you just think about all of these things happening one after the other yeah. and just the little nuances that then would be happening in those moments. But it's it's right, right on top of each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, to give props where props are due, the Commodore is holding his own against yeah. three incredibly yeah. powerful characters. Absolutely. He's catching things. He's dodging. He is, yeah, he is. He's definitely juiced up. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love this, and like I said before, Argo is dashing yes. towards the Commodore. Mm-hmm. So picture this. Okay. This is how I see it happening in my head. Okay. Like I said, or like we've all said, we're very visual. Humans. Yes. So we've got Argo dashing. Uh-huh. Fitz, and I have to assume he's dashing past Fitz, mm. who grabs him <gasps> yes. and kind of slings him around. Yes. Cast haste. Like, like this is all, again, all happening simultaneously. So like grabs him, cast haste, tells him, you know, like, don't waste this. And, and, oh, this is where it gets really good because they can both breathe water. He pulls his head <gasps> into his water sphere and is like, don't waste this. Mm. Hit him three times. Like, you got this, babe. And then sends it like, how good? How good is that? Um, I just had to stand up and walk around my room and pose a little bit because I love <laughs> that visual so much. That That's mm. canon. That's what happened. Right? It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the idea of, I mean, it was, it was potentially like Griffin and rather than Fitz in character, but I love the idea of Fitz being like the murder sommelier. Like, may I suggest stabbing <laughs> him three times? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, you know what would be a great pairing with this fight is if you stabbed this guy. <laughs> Murder Sommelier is absolutely going on his business card once they are done with all of this. Assuming business cards are still a thing. And that's beautiful. (laughs) That scene is beautiful. And your poetry is beautiful. Ah, glide, my beautiful boy. (laughs) 
No, I'm picturing Argo on rollerblades accidentally. That's not helpful. <laughs> I don't think that's an accident. I think that was meant to happen. I think the stage show, everybody will be on rollerblades. Oh, oh definitely. Or just Heelys, mm. maybe. Mm. Skates, Heelys. Somebody comes by on one of those little scooters, one of the, or like the little hands-free one, and you just kind of <laughs> wiggle oh, your waist. <laughs> that was, that was how, see, I said, I said Flash. That was how Commodore came into the scene on a Segway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantasy oh, segue. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a fantasy segue. Oh. <laughs> Admittedly, like, not all of this fight went completely as planned. Like, I mean, it, it, it works out, obviously, but um, Fearbog is about to take this really bad hit, and Justin Ooh, conveniently hit. remembers to use an item, which is always a great thing to do in Endgame, is be like, hang on, what have I got that. in this bag that I have not used yet? And pulls yeah. out the pocket watch of second chances, which is really kind of the pocket watch of you know, slightly better chances, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly what a second chance. You did have a second to chance. Do much worse. Also. <laughs> that is true. God, how cool would it have been if Fearbug had nailed that second saving throw? Oh, yeah. That would have been God. cool. God. It would have been cool, but way funnier that he beefs it again. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so I think that is. It's just. Kind of like like you do have those awesome moments where you get those twenties and just like fuck yes. But yeah. then how also hilarious when you have this sweet character who's like, aha, but what oh damn. Oh, never mind, <laughs> yeah. that didn't work. I mean, and that's the realness. That's that's keeping you grounded in the movie moment mm-hmm. here when you're like, Okay, mm-hmm. it, we're not completely unstoppable. We're not completely untouchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is ultimately Argo's fight as well. So Certainly. it's, that's it's true. you know, and, and he does get a second chance, basically, with the thing he beefed it on that, you know, mm. Commodore catches what he what he was trying to attack him with. But then we discovered that it was the humming bard. Oh, my goodness. Clever. I loved all the little tricks and techniques these boys were remembering that they could use in this fight. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. And the humming bard is so cute that you imagine this little <laughs> mechanical bird going around get to peck in and just distracting and annoying this huge awful just man and the shit out of him <laughs> just really giving it to him <laughs> <laughs> and distracting him enough that he can can try to go for his eyes he doesn't land that hit though right yeah he doesn't land the first the first hit but he's got three shots i think at this point right because he's got yeah like, right because he's hastened well. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the first one doesn't, doesn't land, and then he does, I think, does he get him, I'm not sure if he stabs him, uh, before or after they kind of go into the mirror verse here for a second, I think it was after, like, the, the blow actually lands, like, after. Right, like, this is where he starts his attack, and then, like, we get this visual of essentially, like, reality overclocking, almost, yeah, is what it yeah. felt mm-hmm. like. Like, everything warps for a hot second, and then that's where you know that this the whole power is shifted because Argo then lands a blow that does make Commodore bleed his own blood mm-hmm. which has not been mm-hmm. happening yeah he hasn't got his uh the he's crashing from the chaos magic he, he yeah. typed it too fast it's been too long that was the impression right oh. that it was like okay did you go too hard or because my other thought was like is it essentially being taken back from him like yeah. you can see you're losing so I'm just gonna take this back 
Yeah, I mean, we can't really tell whether it was intentional or accidental at this point yeah. because we don't we don't have enough like sort of perspective of whether chaos was sort of like okay, that's enough, and you know maybe needed the resources somewhere else, or oh, yeah. whether whatever was fracturing oh. reality like severed the tether between between them in some way. Yeah. We don't really know oh, wow. at this scene. I didn't put any of that. I had assumed that he had made contact with the serpent's tooth, which had the god poison on <gasps> it, and that's what oh. was pushing everything. I like all of but, these possibilities. But yeah, I forgot about the whole, like, yeah, reality fracturing into yeah. the mirror verses and how that can play in with the time stuff. Oh. Right. There's a lot potentially happening here. But I also really like this Mm -hmm. idea that because something is happening happening simultaneously right now where chaos might be needing to draw their power back. So Mm -hmm. I like that maybe even it could be if you wanted it to be a layer of things. I don't know. Or maybe Travis did have something very specific in mind of what happened here. Mm -hmm. And we just don't know it. Yeah, I think I think maybe we're not really supposed to be clear on that yet. I think that this is. Yeah more uh like sort of breadcrumbs to something else that that's going to show up in the next episode um yeah on the sort of larger scale of whatever is wrong with reality Mm -hmm. right because reality here does reboot so hard that it does eject the dm from the game for just a moment (laughs) 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 and to come back and the first word to hear and now i'm a giant octopus this is my dream announcement like this is Brittany cannot wait until she walks into her room and she's like, wait, you are a giant octopus. This is great. I've been waiting. <laughs> Reality has finally shifted to my needs. <laughs> I'm here for this. I love that not only he turned into a giant octopus, but essentially his first move was to just <laughs> slap him in the face. Just hit him. And to do it in such a way of like, because you love the sea so fucking much. Like, <laughs> Hey, fuck you. <laughs> oh, it's so great. <laughs> And and then moving forward, do you remember when we could not remember for the life of us the name of the weapon that Fitzroy was using? Yes. And it's Maul, right? Yeah, like that's Maul. Yeah, the giant yes. hammer. I just, I, I had to pause for a good hard minute, which was like, oh my God, how did that escape me for so long? You're right. In any case. I had forgot about that until just now. Yeah. Never forget. Hashtag. Um but this this attack, this attack. So we've got a beautiful, perfect giant octopus mm-hmm. basically <laughs> smacking him and holding him in place. <laughs> and then I'm I, again, this is kind of like it all happening at one time. Fitz just lays him out with a lightning attack uh-huh. that shoots him into the sky because now yeah. everything's hitting him. Now he's finally, yes. which again, yeah. Is it reality cracking? Mm-hmm. Is it chaos taking his magic back? Or is it the poison making him susceptible to things? Who knows? Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because now he's up in the air. Yes. This is absolute fighting game realness. He mm-hmm. uses that first lightning attack to get Commodore up in the air, then uppercuts him, which is, of course, going to uh, juggle him still within the air, and then comes back around with the maul to knock him down into the dirt. Yeah, this is some, like, hardcore fighting game, like, Marvel movie finale kind of Thor Absolutely. going to town. Kind of, this is this is hardcore. Yeah. Combo attack. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was broken slightly out of the drama of this moment um, because when Travis was saying that, the, you know, what the, that they could just barely hear what the Commodore was saying, I, I mm-hmm. thought that he had said, I will not be stopped by a teen rather than keen. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought he said teen. I was like, oh, I thought yeah. these boys were at least at least I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's keen. <laughs> 
Although I do, I do I very much teen. enjoy. I will not be stopped by a teen. <laughs> I mean, that's what I say. Common, commonly. Yeah. That's what it says on uh, Brittany's Twitter profile. <laughs> but okay, Keen makes way more sense. And LOL, JK, you totally were. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice try, Commodore. Look at you. Here you are, beaten, battered like shrimp, suction cup marks on his stupid face. <laughs> what What else you got going for you? And what's so beautiful about this mm-hmm. is it's not even flashy. Mm. No. It's not, it's not the super sweet fucking combo attack that Fitzroy just gave us. Right. It's Argo saying, I don't want to be a hero or a villain. I just want to kill you. Girl. Yeah. I just want you out of this world, out of existence. Right. And then he does it without fanfare. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just done. It's just over. And I think like for the Commodore, the fact that, you know, Fitz Fitz really lays him low, like confidence wise. He tries to he tries to use this magic against a, a magic user and and it doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. Because it wasn't his, and then you know he 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 winds up not having really anything that's his, right? Because like he had right. taken, he's just been taking from other people. That's how he yeah. got. That's mm-hmm. how he got where he was. Was he took things from other people, and to have right. it be like the most unceremonious death, so that's that he doesn't it. even get anything from them, other than it just being over. Yeah, right. No one's there to see it. No one's there to celebrate or mourn. Right. Like right. A giant octopus does kind of try to gnaw on one foot. Um. A little bit. <laughs> and they are going to loot him, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Thank God. It's about time. <laughs> but much to your point, he, he took so much. It was kind of all that he knew, or it was at least how he got where he was. And, you know, further proof, further reminder of that is the fact that they find the keys to the Mariah on, you know, <laughs> on his person. The pink slip for the Mariah. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> That did make me think, like, yeah, like, okay, modern boats, of course, do need a key. Yeah. But yeah, old-timey boats? Yeah. What were the rules? I guess that's why it was so easy to just kind of take over. Yeah, that's why pirates <laughs> were having such a good time at that, you know, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I am hoping for for the end of this. The boys bring it up again. Uh, because, of course, we need to have a cute boy moment here. I like, not only because I love these three boys so much, but anytime you can have a moment within the action of everything happening and all the noise and the excitement, when you can finally just stop and then have character moments, I think that those Mm -hmm. resonate really well. And I think that graduation has done that really well, uh, where these boys have had time to reflect and talk to each other. And we have another one here. And I really like, of course, uh, the obvious is true. He loves these boys. They are all here for each other. They're going to back each other up. And, um, you know, again, let's save the world, avenge all of our parental murderers, and uh, (laughs) hit that open sea. (laughs) On boat, the new name of the Mariah, just capital B boat. It is delightful that the the fear bulk has has uh, in the course of every everyone's character development that the fear bulk has has gotten so good at comedy. Uh, that's you know a, definitely a character arc worth celebrating. <laughs> he's been taking improv classes as an elective. Yes. Oh, and he's excelling. He's doing so well. But I really would love if, um, you know, I don't know if they would do a bonus content for graduation or any live show content or anything like that for it. But at least in my fan fiction heart, then yes, I hope the mm-hmm. uh, the the postscript to this whole show is these boys taking to the sea because mm-hmm. 
God, we have a boat. We got to do it. Argo's a pirate. I mean, you gotta. You have to. Come on. And for their own sake, then yes, we will probably have to run away from a lot of the shit that has been started here yes. on land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, assuming we survive any of this. That's the big, that's the big if. That is true. So let's mm-hmm. keep going. Head on to our next uh, destination. We do learn that Commodore had entropy magic. I like mm-hmm. and appreciated that I... Fitz stopped to check. Absolutely. I love this. That Fitz is like, this seemed different. Yes. Like, this was not the same thing that I had. Yeah. What's up? Let's look into this. Yeah. And he was right. It was Mm -hmm. essentially slow destruction. It was Mm -hmm. obliteration, essentially. Yeah. And since he gave into it wholly, it's like, at what cost is your desire for power? Like, how much Mm -hmm. are you willing to spend? And apparently it was everything. Yeah. I did wonder whether it was you know, sort of what the Commodore brought to the table in terms of, you know, leaning into the magic that that was the direction that it went or Mm. whether what Chaos's intent was the whole time was that if Fitz had given in, that it would also have sort of become increasingly warped and destructive. That was exactly what I was wondering too. Like, Mm -hmm. is this specifically for Commodore or is this but for the grace of his boys goes Fitz? Mm. It's kind of, my thought was, yeah, same idea of, was that the Commodore's, uh, it's not manipulation, but his influence Mm -hmm. on the magic. Yeah. That he would definitely have taken it into a darker place anyway, because he's a darker character and his intentions were always purely for him. Yeah, just selfish. Whereas if you're like a chaotic good, Mm -hmm. you are really looking for everybody whatever way you can. Right. And with your chaotic evil, you're looking pretty much for yourself whichever, whichever way you can. So Yeah. You can't you can't blame the water if there was already poison in the well, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe it was sort of what was in Commodore the whole time. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> yeah, he had the devil in him the whole time. And not the one we like. <laughs> we'll get back to him in a bit. But yeah, I do think it's an interesting um point to point out. Sorry to say the same word twice. <laughs> uh but that if Fitzroy had given in and had just kind of let the chaos happen, which could have been a very interesting Ooh. turn of events, yeah. would he have gotten to that same point of entropy or right. what would have happened? And right. that's always, that's, that's again, that's why I love D&T is you can't, you can't go back and be like, well, what if we did it this way? Like, it's always a roll of the dice, a choice that you make as a character or as the DM or yeah. whatever that moves the story along. And then that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's almost just as much the stories you end up do telling and the stories that you don't end up telling. The stories mm-hmm. that you don't know mm-hmm. how that would have gone. Mm-hmm. That's where you get that reality breaking and all the different stories that didn't get told mm-hmm. are there. Ah, very cool. I really liked all of this. And I like that we don't know, that we don't necessarily have that answer. And it's one of those things where it's like maybe Travis knows. Maybe he, you know, if if there were other plot points that we just never got around to. I don't know. But it's fun to think about. And how. And we just <laughs> love to speculate wildly. <laughs> I glance at our murder board. <laughs> yes. That's, that's our job. And, you know, their job, you would hope, would have been checking for traps at this oh point. Oh my god. I mean, <sighs> I've on been one there. hand, <laughs> right, I get why you didn't, but on the other hand, it's like, oh no, we were so close. <laughs> Classic mistake. It really is. And you know, as soon as Travis said, you only see 
did they see order or chaos? Because they're both there. I feel like order. They see I think they see order, order first, right? Okay, yeah, they see order mm-hmm. at the portal, and he doesn't mention the other four. I, it was cute that Griffin thought he caught him, and it was like, <laughs> no, no, you don't know why you don't see him. But because yeah. yeah, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, girl, where are the others? Uh huh. Why? Are, why don't we see them? Because there's no way they got past and into that portal. Right. Right. Turns out, no, they did not. They also did not search for traps. And um, <laughs> our friends are here, <laughs> at least. that close to Endgame. Right. You're just excited. <laughs> oh, Gray was finally going to get to go home. He was like, oh, my God, I'm going to show you guys my gaming room. You're going to love it. And then as he I was saying that. I want him to have kind of, like, pushed past the other two because he's still kind of, you know, that bratty kid that's like, I, me first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Poor Zorn is just stuck now. Like, okay, well, <laughs> you're on this team, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to Almost Hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's it's not necessarily I, the zorn may be having some second thoughts at this point since their their first tactic on being caught is what if we go for the ego angle and start saying like hey you know what is actually great is you and your plan <laughs> yeah it turned out we're totally on board we want to we want to hang out with you i want i want that magic chaos power back please thanks. this has nothing to do with the traps that we are currently caught in and that is absolutely what we were coming here to tell you the entire time definitely 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 yeah it's the whole um flight fight or fawn yes mm. they are definitely in fall oh they leaned hard that's into the only fawn. options they can't do the other two so like well well <laughs> also you look really not also did, do you have a skin regimen going on oh my chaos. god hey <laughs> this is a great look for you do you want to come over to gray's house and play video games i hear he has <laughs> battle toads come on <laughs> And if that doesn't work, there's always the, I just need to go to the bathroom for a second. It's not going to take me that long. (laughs) Just like, I'm just going to run real quick. I'll be right back. Real, real classic McElroy move there. (laughs) (laughs) But with the fawning, what we do get is we have this conversation with Chaos where they can see that they've got sincerity, that they really are, that they do like them and don't want bad things to happen but do need this plan to go on because that's what order has said yeah and i i think it's neat that we get that moment yeah no because this is kind of i remember us touching on this last time where we were like who's actually playing whom here like who Mm -hmm. what games are actually concurrently happening in this moment but now the read that fearball gets suggests that yes for whatever it's worth chaos means it chaos thinks that this is going to work and this is going to ultimately be good Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's going to work. And not only that it's going to work, but it has to. Right. Yeah. For the universe to continue. Right. Yeah. But I mean, the Fear Book has a, a good point here, a very admittedly very complicated uh, point, but a good yeah. point Oof. that if time is already broken, then time is going to break, which means the plan that's supposed to make that not happen clearly isn't right. going to work. Right. That's what, yeah, I was like, whoa, this is getting heavy. That idea of... If if what you were doing would fix time, time would be fixed. Right. Then it would but have it's happened. Not. It is. It's definitely some mindfuckery. Mm-hmm. Also, Justin's portrayal of this moment. Excellence. Yes. He's <laughs> truly an artist when it comes to his voice acting. That little moment of like Fearbog having like almost it being hard to think of. Mm-hmm. I get it. I totally understand that when it's it's just it's it's layered and it doesn't actually make sense, but it does make sense. Yeah, yeah. Recursive time stuff is always that's Ugh. that's a tough one. That's the thing you don't yeah. if you're if you're in a, a genre show, you don't want to have to be the one who has to explain that part. 
<laughs> no, thank you. And luckily, it was Fearbog who brought this up because not only is he unable to lie, but again, it's that sincerity. It's mm-hmm. that, you know, why why would he lie even if he yeah. could? It's that that's the character that he is enough to make chaos who clearly, like you said, does like them and is at least considerate enough of them that if Fearbog is telling them this, they're now going to turn to order and be like, what the hell are you doing? Wait, what are we actually doing mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is not what Order wants to hear. No. Poor Chaos. I feel a little bad. Right? It's interesting, this idea of the same character and yet two different parts of one singular entity. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's making me think now, because we always kind of contributed Chaos as to giving the energy or the magic to Fitzroy and to the Commodore. I don't think Chaos gave it to the Commodore. I think Order did. Mm. And maybe that's what corrupted it Mm. and made it more towards the entropy rather than Chaos. Oh, that could be. That's a fun theory. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Well, and the other thing I wondered was if maybe, because before when we had like heard from or about Chaos, it was that they were not the one in power, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we saw the depiction of them, they seemed a little bit younger, a little bit smaller. And here, even their ability to stand up to order and kind of question what's happening. I wondered if maybe, I don't know if this is real, but I was like, I wonder if the boys causing the damage over at the hog maybe swung some power back Chaos's way. Without them even realizing it? I don't know. Hmm. I thought that could be fun, though. Yeah, that could be interesting. We're bringing up all these little, like, possibilities. Like, ooh, (laughs) what about this? This is just the episode full (laughs) of, well, how about this? Well, what about? Well, I thought. (laughs) Because that kind of, like, because now it feels like chaos is kind of standing up to order. Yeah. In a way that they hadn't felt comfortable in doing before. Yeah. Right. Absolutely, because they go right for them. It's it's kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to fight you now because you are not being honest with me. You're not telling me the whole story. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, they're not strong enough. Order still knocks them out. Order's so annoyed. Order is over all of this. <laughs> they're like, do not come for me. Uh, also, P.S., I'm going to just bring out some demons to like protect myself so I can finish doing my work, please. Everybody be quiet. <laughs> and three dragons. Right. <laughs> bring some dragons. Some more demons, a thousand hellhounds. I forget what all they brought out. That sounds right. Something along those lines. That sounds like what I bring. (laughs) Yeah, I just be quiet (laughs) to finish this. But I mean, you know, it is it is now just very few of them against really, you know, what we're already bad odds, and now they're now they are significantly worse odds on the one hand. Except now, chaos is on their side and is going to bust out that that juice, that good energy drink, (laughs) magic energy drink. Chaos is secret stuff. Here it is. Mm So Fitzroy is kind of getting his wish and being like, oh, hey, guess what? I do want to work with you again. (laughs) Came to fruition. And not just him, all of our boys are in on this now. And it brings back that whole idea that when they get it, it's very clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very clean magic that just connects them to whatever it is that they think is the best, most powerful, most pure thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. no, that's a very good point because, right, the way that it is tapping in for Argo, Fearbulg, and Fitzroy is this direct conduit. Like, Argo, you are the ocean. Fearbulg, you are the earth. Fitzroy, you are the storm. Ooh. But in that way also that it's like, did Commodore do that exact same thing? But his direct link was just to destruction. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of like, so they're tied into the natural order of things. Yeah. And the Commodore was, I think... 
kind of almost going against it, right? Like the yeah. sort of the super speed, like cutting into the earth like that. It was it was the opposite of connection. It was very antagonistic. Mm. Yeah, you guys were really good at this. <laughs> I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our class. Welcome to our. Uh, I don't even know alignment one hundred one. Ooh, love that. We're going to start off class by watching the first four seasons of Avatar. Yes, that is the entire show of Avatar. So questions after. (laughs) But I think that does bring us to the end here. I can't wait to see what happens in the next one. Mm -hmm. Hold up my opera glasses. Dramatic slow motion walk to end out this episode. Mm. To this. With that music. Mm. It's so good. It's very good. Uh, Well, is there anything that we forgot to mention that we would like to bring up now? Um, so it's not something that we so much forgot to talk about, but we got a tweet. Romancing Zone got a tweet from <laughs> James Wilcox at James underscore librarian mm-hmm. saying, oh, no, Romancing Zone is going to lose it with all caps. <laughs> I'm curious as to what part, what because I feel like we lost mm. it so many times. Oh, there was so much fun to be having in this one. Because for mm. me, like, it could have been the octopus. It could have yeah. been... It definitely could have been the giant octopus the size of a large octopus. Mm-hmm. It could have been the, the boys all universally deciding to mess up the Commodore. It could have been the boys uh, going to kill the Commodore and then kill each other romantically, <laughs> dramatically. Absolutely. It could have been Fitzroy putting his hand on Argo's shoulder saying, don't ah. waste this. Ah. Like, there's so, so, Mr. James Wilcox. Please follow up. Let us know. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> and did we, did we properly lose it? Because I feel like we probably did. But I'm always curious. I love that you know us so well. <laughs> <laughs> Better than we know ourselves, apparently, since we're not sure what it would have been. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, is it that they finally looted a corpse? Ah, <laughs> I'm been... excited about that. That could be it. Could have been everybody using their items, remembering their items. Oh, love that. Oh, could be that they're planning a boat trip mm-hmm. afterwards. Uh, also, Flight of the Garys. Forgot about that. So. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so if there was one specific thing we would love to hear about it and if you'd like to react as well just tell us what you got super yeah. excited about mm-hmm. i love hearing that kind of stuff yes because this was one great big fun episode and it's gonna take us into the finale mm-hmm. next week oh my gosh oh my gosh uh, i'm like so excited and yet i'm very sad to see these boys go i will say yeah yeah yeah, you get used to them being there, you know? They're you like do. Your mm-hmm. friends who are crashing on your couch for a really long time. You're feeding them fantasy <laughs> mac and cheese. Yeah. 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 You just, you kind of don't want them to leave eventually. You, they just kind of fit into your life. You're used to them being there, yeah. Just become a nice presence to have around. Oh, boys. Let's hope none of them die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Or yeah. twist. I mean, the drama if they do, though. Ugh. Oh, my God. Mm. As we've already established, it would be so, <laughs> so dramatic, so romantic. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll find out next time. For now, come with me over to our last poll for The Adventure Zone Graduation. Last time, we asked which book in the Thunderman LLC collection you would be reading first. And the bestseller is <laughs> The Thunderman Inside Me. <laughs> of course of course of course y'all dirty birds would choose nothing we established this energy we cannot even blame them get your copy today and thanks for voting everyone (laughs) and now we do have one last question for everybody as far as tad's graduation goes 
What business venture should Thunderman LLC embark upon next? We'll have that poll up over on our Twitter at Romancing Zone. And we will meet everybody back here for the finale next week. Till then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and thank you for joining us. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. 